0: Hey there, everyone. Happy Friday. We are here for a special NFL podcast here. We're going to talk all things betting for the Super Bowl. It's a sad time of year, Chris, because it is the last football game, but you and I are both nuts. We are going to be tracking all things for agency and all the movements, you know, during the off season, but it is the last football game of the season.
1: Yeah, I'm that person at the party while everyone's having a good time. I have like to wipe a tear from my eye on the side. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're definitely going to go over the draft and whatnot. So definitely follow the page. Uh, this first year has been great. We just had our one-year birthday of the site. And mm-hmm. uh, we're definitely going to look forward to this up-and-coming season. We put a lot of work into this. I'm excited for the game. It's a great game. So, um, you know, let's get right into it. What do you got uh, first up, Jess?
0: All right, we'll cover some of the sides, the totals, and overall stuff in the game first in the beginning here, and then we can dive into some specific props that we like. There's a lot to dissect here. I, one thing I love about the Super Bowl is the fact that there are so many different type of props open for you to take that you wouldn't get in a regular season game, which almost makes it more difficult. But you can kind of find those little – um Edges. Kind of like, not even edges, but they're, they're just like gifts from Vegas. And you're like, why are you giving this to me for free? But that's you how I felt when so. I was looking. <laughs> yeah, that's how I was looking at some of these props. But let's get into it. All right, so the over-under is still sitting at 48 and a half. I believe that was bet down a good bit. Um, we'll get into what we think on it here in just a little bit. First half, total 23 and a half. Second half, total 24 and again, Bengals are still sitting at plus 4 rams laying 4 and you and I are both kind of with the rams money
1: line. Yes. I think that they're getting a good price on it. What is the money line right now cuz I didn't check uh right before we came on the eh? air. I
0: believe it was still sitting at minus 200. Let me refresh here. Oh, minus 190.
1: Yeah, you're getting really good value value on that. Regardless of if the Rams win or lose the game, that's a misprice. If you're getting the Rams at minus four, they should be priced a lot higher than minus 190. They should be at, you know, at least 220 or something along those lines. So that you're making a good bet if you get it. Um, What do you think about, like, what are some reasons why you like the Rams in this game?
0: Um, the biggest obvious mismatch here is, you know, the Rams defensive front against the Bengals offensive line. And we kind of saw this earlier in the postseason when they played the Titans. Now the Titans didn't even want to win that game, but had they wanted to win that game, they would have done so because they were able to make Joe Burrow basically eat grass for most of the game. They had what, like, 10 sacks in that game or 12 sacks. I forget what the number was, but they had uh,
1: nine sacks
0: close enough, but it was some ridiculous number. And how do you not win a game with nine sacks is what I don't understand. But regardless of, I'm not saying that this game is going to have nine sacks, but I do think that it's going to be a game where Joe Burrow is going to struggle behind that offensive line, which we talked about going into this season. We talked about how is this offensive line going to protect Joe Burrow And we kind of were a little nervous for Joe Burrow. We thought that it wasn't going to, but they haven't played a lot of really great teams during the season. And the line has been able to hold up. But we saw what happened this postseason when they played the Titans, which, again, they should have lost. But regardless of, I think we're going to see something like that again.
1: No, definitely 100%. And just to follow up with a few of your points, it helps when the Titans and Ryan Tannehill throw three turnovers in that game. So, that was ridiculous. That's number one. And number two, definitely, since the beginning of the season, we talked about should they draft Chase? Should they draft uh, Penny Sowell on offensive line? However, they went with Chase, and it's worked out well. When Joe Burrow plays against these type of teams that play a lot of zone defense, he did beat the Titans who play that. But when they play that Denver Broncos-type team or the Chargers, they've struggled. They haven't even really cracked over 20 points in any of those games. So, I believe that my one of my favorite prop bets is the Rams getting over three and a half sacks in this game. You have so many different outs. And that's what I'm going to talk about today also, to your point. You said there's a ton of things to bet on, and that's great. It's a great live opportunity also. Now in New York, you could bet live. So that's you know a great thing. But you have to set a budget for yourself and try to build your single game parlay or whatever prop bets that you take around what you will go with the game script of the game. It's like building a DFS lineup almost, in my opinion. So I really like the over three and a half sacks to the Rams. You got Von Miller, Aaron Donald, you know, all the stars, Leonard Floyd and whatnot. So that'll be my take on that.
0: Yeah. And it's wild too, that right now you can actually still get that at plus money. I just saw it on DraftKings over three and a half sacks at plus 105. And also there's another um bet that if you're taking that then you might as well take and I don't know if it's going to let you do this in a parlay but you might want to do this individually here but you can take the Rams to have the most sacks at minus 225 which is probably the easiest bet I mean it's clearly juiced for that reason but still I thought that was really interesting that that was even available because it seems so obvious that they're going to do that but I guess that's also kind of tied into it being you know minus 225 but Again, plus EB on sacks over three and a half for the Rams.
1: Yeah, definitely. So that's a great pick by you and a, a good take. Not only do they have a defensive advantage, and while Joe Burrow's been bowling to come back against Mahomes has was unbelievable. Gotta give shout outs to the Bengals defensive coordinator uh for putting together a great second half game plan. But I'll say that I feel like the Rams just match up so well with them on the offensive side of the ball as well. Um, With Cooper Cup, OBJ, the Bengals struggle to stop the run. There's just a lot of different little things that make them have an advantage. And I feel like Sean McVay really got humbled the last time that he played against your New England Patriots and went from boy wonder to boy blunder.
0: Right. No, I agree. And so I'm guessing that you lean towards the under there at 48 and a half.
1: It would be a lean. I, I wouldn't necessarily bet on it because there could be a lot of picks in this game that could mm-hmm. lead to pick sixes or right. we don't know. There's there's a scenario where I think that the Rams could just stomp the Bengals out or, you know, the Bengals keep it close and they cancel down Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, who's been balling lately. Um, So it could go over, but I think that it goes under. Uh, my score prediction would be. I'll wait till later to drop that, but it you know go on what you are, what you want. I'm sorry.
0: I I was gonna also say, even if you're gonna take an over on the game, I do still like the under for the first half. I think it'll be a conservative start for both of these teams. It's two quarterbacks who have never been to a Super Bowl, and I think that Sean McVay is gonna be at least a little bit conservative off the beginning. And that ties into the fact, too, that Matt Stafford has been throwing a lot of pick sixes. That makes me a little bit nervous. But Joe Burrow, for as accurate as he has been, he threw some ugly passes at the end of the last game. There was that one that should have been a pick. There was the one interception. So that makes me a little bit nervous because this is a team that is much better than who they played, um, defensively speaking. So... It makes me a little bit nervous, but we can move on here and start talking about some of the player props. Um, I have found some good value in general when building my parlays and looking at quarterback props, whether it be their passing yards, their completions attempts, and passing touchdowns. Who do you want to start with here? You want to kick it off with the Rams or with the
1: Bengals? Uh, it's up to you, ladies' choice. I'll give it. I'll, I'll be a nice guy. Pick whoever you want right. first.
0: I like, uh, let's start talking about Stafford here. So here are his lines. They're sitting at 279 and a half passing yards, one and a half passing touchdowns, 24 and a half completions, and 35 and a half passing attempts. So something to keep in mind for this one, we've been talking about how bad the Bengals are against the pass. So Matt Stafford has hit his passing yards line here in 11 regular season games and two out of three postseason games, so that's 280 yards or more. The passing attempts, 36 plus. He's hit that nine regular season games, two out of three of the postseason. Those are not really the numbers I like because a lot of pass attempts to me screams a game that might be playing from behind. A lot of passing yards too. The two that I like the most: one and a half passing touchdowns, which he's hit 13 times in the regular season and three games in the postseason, And I like 25 completions because of how bad the Bengals are against the pass. And he's hit that in eight regular season games and two out of three postseason.
1: season. Some really good uh, stats you got there. That was, that was really good takes. I agree with a lot of things that you said. Um, I agree that, you know, if you're making a single game parlay and you're on the Bengal side, Getting his passing yards up would make more sense because, as you said, uh, they pass at a uh, the ninth highest rate in the NFL. But when uh, they're in the lead, the Rams they're gonna drop back only about fifty-four percent of the time. So that would indicate, you know, we'll get into the Rams running backs later. That if they have the lead, they're gonna sit on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, McVeigh is in the Super Bowl again. And he learned a lot from the last game. I feel like both teams are going to be tightened up in the first half. And uh, Matt Stafford is not going to be slinging it right away. One Stafford prop that I do like is his under on his rushing yards. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. recency bias around it. Um, He's hit over on this mark the whole entire postseason. But it's at five and a half. And you also have the out on that with kneel downs if they do win the game. So I think that one is interesting. I wouldn't really go with his over yards or anything like that he has been prone to throwing an interception I like both quarterbacks to throw an interception in this game not so much about the coverage or the pressure for Stafford he's just made some silly throws and his back his back has been injured this whole entire season
0: no I agree with that and the interesting thing is too I don't know why over 24 and a half completions is plus 100 that's that's like a gimme like I would absolutely take that again he hit that in two out of the three postseason games and they're playing this really bad pass uh pass defense here for the Bengals and I don't know. I I feel like that's free money for you there. That one and a half passing touchdowns is heavily juiced at minus two thirty. But if you're building a parlay, putting these things in that will likely hit. I mean, I don't think it matters if it's minus two thirty if you're building, you know, a five, six, seven leg parlay.
1: Yeah, that's correct. They've thrown seventy four percent. Excuse me, their touchdowns on the season seventy four percent of them have been through the air. Um. So we'll just have to wait and see how, how that goes down. But I agree with you on the Stafford side. What do you think about Burrow?
0: Burrow's interesting. His I, One of the things that I thought was most interesting before we get into Burrow between Stafford and Burrow is that their lines were so similar. These are both two teams that love to throw the ball. And right. with that, Burrow's line is 274.5, so just a couple yards short of Stafford. Uh One and a half passing touchdowns, 24 and a half completions, same exact line as Stafford and 35 and a half passing attempts. Now, how much higher are you going to go above 35 and a half is another question. I don't think that Vegas would want to open themselves to that kind of liability going more than 35 and a half. But um, I think there is some value here in taking the pass attempts. Again, going with that scenario that the Bengals are likely going to be playing from behind here. I like the over 35 and a half passing attempts that has been hit by Burrow in only six regular season games, but he hit that in both of the, or two out of the three, rather, postseason games. One and a half passing touchdowns. I don't know about this one. I'm wary to take touchdown and scoring play play-related props here because I kind of lean towards the under. So I'm a little bit nervous on that one. And I I honestly kind of want to take the under on 25 completions for him. He's hit that in only six regular season games and only once postseason.
1: That's a good state. Yeah, you only – You know, bet with advantage. If you are not comfortable with something, even for the people at home, you don't have to bet on everything just because it's available. There's tons of things. So, you know, sometimes the best bets are the ones that you do not make. But as far as why they're graded so similarly, I did a lot of research on this game looking at the numbers. If you grade the two teams on paper, the numbers are very similar. But the opponents are a lot different, so right. people have to weigh that in. The Rams played in the division with the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. It's a little different than playing against the Browns and the Ravens, who are missing Lamar most of the season, and Pittsburgh, but that's a side note. As um, as far as his passing props go, you could even maybe live um, him, so you could take a live betting angle on it. If you believe, if you're a Bengals backer and they're losing at any point, you could probably get it at a, a better value than it is now or take something like a burrow to win MVP live in the game. If you, if you think that that's going to happen and that's value for you. So, you know, that's one way to approach it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think there's a lot of value here in kind of taking burrow to try to throw more and maybe even taking his over on his passing yards, but assuming that the Rams are able to stop them, say, in the red zone and keep them from scoring and force them to score field goals, which I want to throw this in here. I found a really interesting prop here. So if you are taking an under here, both teams love to score field goals. We've seen yes. that time and time again, mm-hmm. there is a field goal prop on DraftKings to take the total amount of field goals, not per team, but, combined between the Rams and the Bengals at over three and a half so you're asking for four field goals for the whole game at plus 100.
1: Yeah I really like that both of these teams are very conservative they're the type of teams that'll kick field goals on fourth and two at the 30 yard line so you know Matt Gay the field goal kicker for the Rams has been much better at home I know he was struggling with a little bit of an injury and Evan McPherson's been balling all season so I know some some people even bet on him to be the first field goal kicker of all time to win MVP in the Super Bowl, but I wouldn't go that far. That's a little silly. I like your prop a lot better.
0: Yeah, and to tie that into the first quarter total here is at 9.5. And And if you think that it is going to be a slow start to the game, which is the way that I lean right now, maybe take an under on that. It's minus 120 to take the under on that right now. And that could go very well with the fact that, you know, they're going to be maybe kicking field goals here. Maybe they get it down to the 30-yard line or the 40-yard line, go for a long field goal. So I I think that a lot of these props correlate in the way that I'm trying to build it, which, again, is leading towards the under. I don't know if I'm going to get to the window and take under 48-and-a-half, but I will build my parlay in a way that favors the Rams to win, the Bengals to play from behind, and an under.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I just wanted to make a, a few quick points before we move on. Um, if we both, it seems like we both like the under, most casual fans are going to bet what they want to watch. So, you know, rule of prime time, people bet overs. So if right. you wanted to possibly wait until mm-hmm. so Sunday, I think that that line could go up. So just some piece of advice for everyone out there, because no one wants to watch besides you, that Patriots ran Super Bowl again when it was like, <laughs> 13 to whatever. Um
0: yeah. lowest term- scoring super Bowl no, ever, was-
1: by the way? I I was on the Patriots so I was happy about that game. That was a lot of fun. Um as far as the game itself goes, I know there's in some books, I'm not sure if it's in yours cuz this is more your specialty, uh when the first score will be. So I I think if we both think it starts slow, there's a prop out there, will there be a score before the first 6 minutes? Something along those lines, I think, on DraftKings. I did not see that,
0: but that's actually interesting. I mean, again, they have added so much stuff to DraftKings. I can sit for hours and look at props on there. I did not catch that one.
1: Yeah, I would take the under on that because I just think there's going to be a lot of nerves. We have to look at this from a human level beyond numbers and statistics and data. Joe Burrows, Joe Cool. he's been in these big spots before. But it's still his first Super Bowl, so there's going to be some nerves there. And they're going to want to establish the run like they did last week against the Chiefs with Mixon. That's probably their their best strategy at first, and they kind of shied away from it. And McVay is going to do the same thing. They had, I believe, anywhere between 18 to 19 or 20 first down runs, the Bengals, last week. So they are going to... Establish the run. Joe Burrow was, was left in second and nine a bunch of times, which you don't want to be against the Rams. They will dial up the pressure and get to you. As far yeah. as my last point for DFS, and then I'll move on. I think the floor is better for Stafford in this game. And I think the ceiling is better for Burrow in this game. And he'll be mm-hmm. less owned. Um, Just because it's, it's more unlikely as the underdog and with him in your lineups that if he does pop off, then it makes for a unique lineup, but I do believe that Stafford is the superior play for you know the slighted uh, price cost. So that'll be my take on that.
0: And with that, we can transition over to talk about some of the running backs here. I think we will start off with the Rams, who it's kind of hard to figure out exactly who's going to be the workhorse back here and who is going to. You know, dominate. Are we gonna see all three guys used here? Is it gonna be two out of the three? You have Cam Akers, you have Sony Michelle, and you have also Daryl Henderson is coming back. And you know, Daryl Henderson might not be as healthy as the other two, but either way, all these guys can get it done. One thing that I thought was interesting that I was looking at, none of the running backs so far, neither Cam Akers nor Sony Michelle, have any postseason touchdowns. So question mark is are we going to see a touchdown from a running back in this game
1: absolutely and i have a pretty strong take on this i believe this might be from a dfs perspective the key to the slate because a lot of people when they're scared to jump into something and there's not a lot of value on this slate because it's very concentrated that's where you need to attack i agree with you no one has scored But one of these guys will take over this game if they get the lead, the Rams, as the game goes. A lot of people are saying that none of them have scored in the postseason, but let's take a step back. Who have they played? They've played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Great rush defense. The San Francisco 49ers, great rush defense. The Cardinals were middling, but at the same time, they controlled that game so much that they didn't really need to push Cam Akers. Like a lot of people out there, they consume a lot of content. I know some pro betting groups have bet Cam Akers to win MVP, so I'll just throw that out there. I don't know if I would do that because it's risky. But, you know, from a DFS perspective, he's right in the middle of the prices, Cam Akers. So would it shock me if, you know, Cooper Cup scores first and then, you know, Akers could get multiple touchdowns? It's definitely within the scenario. Maybe they reward him from coming back from that, you know, brutal Achilles injury. Sonny Michael, in my opinion, does have the best matchup. And the linebackers on the Bengals are not good. They're like 32nd in the NFL, the whole rushing defense in general. But Henderson is tricky, as you alluded to. But he hasn't played since week 12. So I I don't know if he gets more than three to five carries in this game. It might be like a 60-40 split, and you just kind of got to get lucky. So it wouldn't be something necessarily I attack. I think if you did one parlay with Akers to score an anytime touchdown or a Michael anytime touchdown, you know, you could get lucky in that sense and scenario, but one of these guys will have a good game. I'm just not sure on a Friday who it will be.
0: Yeah. And I think it's also tricky too, from a rushing prop perspective or even a rush attempts perspective here, because the lines are so high here. So Cam Akers, since he's been back, he has rushed for five times, seventeen times, twenty-four times, and thirteen times. And in those games, he has three rushing yards, fifty-five rushing yards, forty-eight rushing yards, and forty-eight rushing yards. And his prop is sitting at sixty-four and a half against. Again, I get. I guess this is inflated because the Bengals' uh, run defense is so terrible. So I get that, but I, I He's am. He's probably a bit similarly, worried. like
1: mixed in almost. Sorry to cut you off. He's probably similarly like Mixon, who's like the three down back.
0: <laughs> right. And um, for Sonny Michelle, his attempts in just the last four games here, um, 21, 13, 1, 10. And his rushing yards are 43, 58, 4, and 16. And I think that there is some value here in taking the over here. On either his rushing prop or his rush attempts here, because the rushing props only at 16 and a half. And I know again, they've kind of leaned towards Cam Akers since he's been back, but still, I think that they would probably use Sony Michelle over Daryl Henderson, who, like you said, has not played since what, week 12?
1: Week 12, correct.
0: I mean, the rushing props, 16 and a half, four and a half attempts. I, I kind of like both of those things. Four and a half temps is like nothing for a whole game, especially if they get the lead.
1: 100%. And, you know, from your perspective in your world, I wouldn't mind taking both of them. And then from a DFS perspective in my world, I'll have some lineups with Akers and Michelle in them because you have to be unique in these type of situations. No one's going to do that, you know? So that's just a little tidbit of advice.
0: Yeah, and there was uh, some value earlier in the week. There is currently no more value left on this one, but for Purine, his rushing yards have been bet down to two and a half. So oh, I don't God. think there's any, any value there. I mean, if you want to take the over on that, you can, but I think it's heavily juiced. Once I saw it was down to two and a half, I don't even write it down. But um, yeah, that was bet down. I believe it was in, in the teens at some point. It was around like 13 or 14, and it's been bet down somehow to two and a half. But um yeah, that's we'll go over to the Bangle side of the ball now and talk about Burrow and Mixon here because uh Burrow's rushing prop is at ten and a half and just two and a half attempts there. So you're looking for three rushes from him. And then Mixon is at sixty-two and a half yards and sixteen and a half attempts. Do you have a lean
1: here either way? it's difficult. I could see Mixon. Not necessarily. I wouldn't take his uh, rushing, but maybe his receptions. But I'm not quite sure how that's going to go. I know he hasn't cracked over 100 yards in like 9 nine out of 10 games or something along those lines off the top of my head. I would have to look that up. But I don't really like the P-Rhyme prop. Um, he was pushing P all the way to the end zone last week when he had that one play for him. I feel like they kind of did the, his his bag of tricks, you know. I, I think Chris Evans is interesting because the Rams on the defensive side of the bowl, their linebackers, aren't the best. You could beat them um, with passing, you know, but that could be mixing as well. It's the Super Bowl. They're going to have plays for them, you know. So I, I don't really think there's a ton of value either way. In Do my you like Burrow at all? To rush? I mean, people he's going to try to leave it all on the line, but I wouldn't necessarily go there either. I, I don't think unless it's a Bengals win uh parlay that there's much value there. What do you think?
0: Yeah. His, his yard was a, or rather his line is a lot lower in the last game. I think it was down to like eight and a half and he easily beat that. But I think that for him, it's more about, he doesn't really have a lot of designed run plays. It's more so when the play breaks down and, or he sees kind of the, the middle of the field open up and he's able to, you know, get those rushing yards, but I, yeah, he, he's sneaky athletic, almost. <laughs> yeah, I I don't have a strong lean towards the over or the under. If I was gonna take anything, I'd probably take the over. But again, I don't have a strong lean for that. I do kind of like the two and a half attempts over. That's three rushes for an entire game.
1: For who's that? That's uh, for Burrow. Burrow. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he's gonna be running for his life, most likely even in that game against the Titans when he was sacked nine times. I'm not sure how many rushing attempts I would have to look that up. And, you know, similar style defenses of the cover six of the Vic Fangio scheme, how many times he ran versus Denver or the Chargers or teams along those lines that run similar defenses. I would have to look that up. So, Mental note to self. But no, I think that the mix in receptions, I know we're talking about rushing, is kind of interesting. What do you think about that one?
0: Yeah, that's one of my favorite props here. Again, I'm going to go with I love the sacks. I love the field goal prop. I love some of the passing props for the quarterbacks. And then I love Mixon's receiving yard prop. And I'm surprised that this hasn't gone up a lot. I believe it opened at 25 and a half and it's only gone up to 26 and a half and you can still get it at minus 115 on DraftKings, which I love again. And his I love his receptions and I love also his just receiving yards in general, his receptions prop is at three and a half. It's a little bit juice at minus 155 here, but love both of those things. That kind of segues here into um, something that we're going to get into a little bit later, but I guess I can drop this little tidbit for you now. I was looking at some of the longest reception props here. And one thing that looks so good is Mixon's longest reception, which is at 12 and a half. Guess how many times he has hit that in the regular season?
1: Twelve and a half. Let's say four times.
0: Wow! No way! Did you look that up?
1: No, I just I <laughs> it, just guess.
0: Yes, it's four. Um, guess how many times <laughs> he hit it in the postseason?
1: Uh, one.
0: Three out of three games. <laughs> so just four times all season, but he hit it in three out of three postseason games and it seems like down the stretch they realized Mixon's capabilities in the passing game and started using him a lot more again i love both the receptions prop here and also the receiving um yards and the longest reception
1: i love it all those are those are great points From a DFS perspective, too, I think Mixon, you know, he's hard to get to because he's a little more expensive than Jamar Chase, and he's below Burroughs, Stafford, and Cup, so he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. He's going to be one of those guys that, you know, it's not that I love Mixon because I don't think he is the best play on the slate, but if you put him at captain and you pair him with your McPherson or Bengals defense, I know it sounds crazy, but if that does hit, then you win. Because he's going to get, he's not going to be that high owned just because of his price alone, in my opinion. He's more expensive than Chase.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I also think that um, I was reading that the Rams are not great against pass catching backs.
1: This is true; they give up a lot of receptions. That's why I suggested uh, the guy Chris Evans, because they got really burnt by like a guy like James Conner. From the Cardinals, they gave up two receiving touchdowns versus him earlier in the year. And Mm -hmm. it's the linebacking core. And they get that pressure, but the linebackers can't really cover the running backs. So hopefully, like you said, and you pointed it out, the Joe Mixon prop, that could be a really good one.
0: Yeah, and that's at minus 125 on DraftKings for the longest reception there. Um, And then just as receiving was minus 115 and uh, receptions in general is minus 155 for four or more which again I like it um we can go on here we'll keep it with the Bengals go through some of the receivers here Chase's receiving yards 79 and a half five and a half receptions I do not like either one of these things but we'll get into that in a minute Boyd is 42 and a half yards at minus 105 four and a half receptions plus 125 Higgins is at 69.5 receiving yards at minus 115 and 5.5 and receptions at plus 100. Just off the bat here, uh, a couple of my favorite things are Higgins' receptions at 5.5. He's been targeted heavily in the off-season or rather in the postseason. And I don't know that I would take an under for Chase because there is a scenario in which he would go over, but I don't like the over just out.
1: No, I, I totally understand. Uh, one of my friends, they were going to bet the under on Chase, and they had a whole bunch of things uh, alluding to the Rams winning in, in their parlay, and I, and I agree with you when I told him I think you should take that out, because what does it that really have sense. to do? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It doesn't uh, add any value to it, and I believe at the time the number was like 79 or 80 yards, something along those lines, when he showed me what he was going to do, and I said, the The Rams have allowed 76 yards per game on average to wide receiver ones. And we all know that Jalen Ramsey will see Chase for a good majority of the game on definite passing downs. But Chase is so special and so good winning Offensive Rookie of the Year last night that he could bust one at any time, uh, you know, broken coverage. Or when Joe Burrow gets pressured, you've seen it all postseason, all regular season. He just throws it up to him. They have just such great chemistry you know, from their college days, it's just not worth it to me. And going to your Higgins point, I totally agree with you. He has a great matchup, uh, from a football standpoint, he's like six foot four. The guy guarding him is going to be five foot nine for a good majority of the game. And that second wide receiver in the zone coverage, we've seen it all season long. It's very similar. It's just that the pricing is a little different, both in DFS and in single game parlays for Higgins and chase. Their air yards are similar. Their target share is similar. The only difference is Chase has scored touchdowns, and Higgins hasn't. But that doesn't mean that he's not capable of doing it. Higgins is one of the best players on the DFS side. And if the Bengals are trailing, then I think that he will see a lot of work, Higgins. I think, you know, last week he had over, or two weeks ago, rather, he had over 100 yards. He could definitely get six to eight targets in this game, maybe more.
0: Yeah, I I just get worried. Um, I don't know if the Rams have the recipe to shut down Jamar Chase. And we'll talk about Cooper Cup on the other side of the ball here in a minute. But I feel like maybe, maybe they'll be able to stop him. It's not
1: about shutting him down. It's kind of like the old NBA thing, guarding Kobe Bryant. You just want to keep him at, (laughs) if you could keep him at 40 points instead of 60 points, then you did your job, you know? So
0: that's kind of the approach with him. With that a little nugget there i would take his receptions then instead of his yards i i wouldn't take an under on his yards but i would take the over on his receptions as opposed to the over on his yards if you think that's how it's going to go
1: i actually have a contrarian contrarian way to think about chase i think i wouldn't touch his receptions i wouldn't touch his yards i like his rushing prop total what is it now, at three, three and a half? I think that they're oh, going to get it.
0: I saw that. I thought I saw it at four and a half yesterday, but I huh. don't one
1: 100%. It sucks. It opened up at two. It keeps getting steamed up. But, I mean, he's been averaging, you know, a bunch of postseason touches rushing, and that's what helps Mixon get open in space because they're using him in that Debo role, and he's just such an electric player. You know, if Ramsey's shutting him down on the outside – then they're gonna need to get the ball to chase. This is the Super Bowl, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Um, also, I mentioned that Higgins was getting targeted a lot in the postseason just for the numbers here. So his targets in the postseason are game one, game two, game three, four, nine, ten. And on that, he has secured four, seven, and six receptions. Again, game one, game two, game three. Um so at five and a half, there's only one time that he didn't hit that this postseason. And I don't know. I, I like that a lot. Plus, it's, it's plus it's 100. It's even money.
1: Yeah. I also would throw out the Hague. Like, most likely Chase is going to score a touchdown. I've, you know, gone back and forth on this all season long. I usually play Chase and man-to-man in DFS, which is similar for your props and whatnot. And as we know, the Rams play a zone defense, the cover six, but they'll, you know, have Ramsey on his side trying to lock him down. And then, you know, with Higgins versus the zone, he's gotten a lot of yards. He's averaging the postseason 69 yards per game. But I think Higgins could score a touchdown in this game. But what do you think about Boyd?
0: If there's a scenario in which, you know, Ramsey is going to be on chase – or they double chase and put Ramsey on Higgins, I feel like that opens up the door for Boyd. I don't like him for his receptions because he really hasn't gotten there a lot. It's at four and a half and it's plus one twenty five. I mean, if you if you really feel strongly about that, then definitely take it. But I personally don't feel that strongly about his receptions. His yards are at 42 and a half, which isn't bad. But again, it just I feel like I need more about the Rams defense than what I currently have
1: to make that decision. Right. And I think that's a great point. I think as far as the Rams defense goes, it also kind of has to do with Azuma too. And I'm I'm not saying that uh, we go into Bengals tight ends right now, but what I'm saying is follow the news. It seems like Azuma is going to play, but if he has an in-game injury setback or he doesn't play, then that would elevate the targets to all the wide receivers, such as, Boyd Higgins or Chase I feel like with Boyd he's the safest wide receiver you kind of know what you're going to get out of him like he'll give you like the you know four to six targets and then if he has a great game and for him it's like 60 yards and a touchdown whereas the ceiling of Chase and Higgins could absolutely smoke you from a DFS perspective like we've seen Chase score 56 points this year so I agree with you. I, I just think that if, if anything with Boyd, it's more of a uh, reception type thing.
0: Yeah. And I wasn't able to find anything on Uzuma here for uh, props, but I figured we could hit on him here. And uh, Drew sample also. Now my question for you about these two tight ends is if they are playing and assuming that zoom was healthy to play, he's been Joe Burrows kind of safety blanket over the middle. And he's been great in recent games, but my question is, do they, and the Bengals don't really do this, but do you see a scenario in which they kind of play him as more of an inline tight end as like a blocking tight end to get some extra help on that offensive line?
1: It's definitely possible with Mike Remmers being out uh, for this game. The right tackle is definitely a weakness on the Bengals offensive line. They're going to need a zoom at a chip. Um, you know, try to slow them down, but they just have so many different ways that they could get to the quarterback. I wouldn't necessarily, I think uh zoom is more of a long shot player. Like I really like that prop of him scoring two touchdowns. The one that Bobby got with those mm-hmm. great odds. Um, as a long shot bet, but I, I wouldn't really necessarily rely on him. He's hurt right now. So I think there, there's other avenues right. for them to score.
0: Right. No, I agree. Um, we can move on here to the Rams side, unless you have anything, any other tidbits here for the Bengals, receptions, receivers, anything yeah, my last, in that department.
1: Yeah, my last point would be that uh, similarly from the Bengals and the Rams, you're going to see most of the wide receivers – are very concentrated, meaning that the ball only goes to certain players. They don't use a deep rotation of players. The other Bengals wide receivers, Trent Taylor, he scored a a two-point conversion last week. And Mike Thomas, the other Mike Thomas, who was formerly a rim, he didn't even run a route last week. So there's really not much here else on the Bengals' side. But, you know, it is the Super Bowl and anything could happen. They're going to empty out the bag. Of tricks here to uh, do some crazy type plays from a DFS perspective, but I wouldn't go nuts for anything from a betting perspective. Just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Yeah. Also, one thing that I forgot to mention also, I had one more player here from the Bengals for longest, uh, longest reception. I had Higgins at 24 and a half at minus 120. He has hit that seven times in the regular season, only one time in the postseason. So my question here is, is he more of a security blanket type play here where he's going to get those short catches um, underneath or is he going to be kind of a long shot play here? What do you think about that? I was leaning towards the under for Higgins.
1: I kind of disagree. I think he could go over. I think Higgins is just a baller. He's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL because, you know, he does play with Chase. So. That um, is something that I think that he could even get his longest reception. You could pair that up with a Rams player like OBJ. That's plus plus a 1,000 as a great long shot bet. Um, I think they both could do it. They haven't been necessarily using that role, but we know that they're fully capable of it, both of them. OBJ hasn't been used as a downfield threat, and Higgins hasn't been used in that capacity as well, but they're fully capable of doing it. They're stars. Mm -hmm. That's why they're in the Super Bowl.
0: That's a good point, too, about OBJ. I actually didn't look at his longest reception prop, but I might have to do that after this podcast. It's a good idea. Um, All right, let's move on here to the Rams side for some of their receivers. I think we can touch on briefly here on Cam Akers um, receiving props. I don't like anything here. It's at 15 and a half at minus 125 and his receiving yards so far since he's come back are sitting at 10 40 20 and 2 and the issue though is that he doesn't get a lot of receptions um he's only had three targets two targets three targets one target since he's been back and his receptions line is sitting at two and a half at plus 130 so i don't really like this i feel like if anything they're going to use him more as just a Running back. Line runner. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that they're going to be using him as a receiving back as much. I think that if anything, they'll use Sony Michelle or maybe even Daryl Henderson as more of the receiving back, but that's just my thoughts. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, I could see why you say that. I mean, so far in the postseason, they've had acres in that role. I just need more information at this time to make my decision by the time people probably listen to this. I'm definitely going to look into that because As we said earlier with the Rams running backs, I feel like this is one of the big key factors of this game, really Mm -hmm. nailing this. So I'm going to try to track and try to get some information on it. I think that, uh, you know, Sonny Michael, I know you didn't. uh, Michael, I did it again. Sonny Michelle. uh, You
0: did it earlier too. I was going to let it slide, but (laughs) you called yourself out here.
1: Yeah. Oh, boy. Leave that in. Anyway, what is his his prop bet for uh, receiving yards and receptions? Oh, this out. is the one
0: that I liked. I liked Sony Michelle. His receiving prop is at 6.5 and, and minus 110. And his reception does that 1.5 and plus 120. And for reference here... Um,
1: That's really he good.
0: Have, but he doesn't get a lot of... It's weird because I feel like they use him a lot more in the regular season as the pass catching back as opposed to the postseason. But he has only had his receiving... His receptions, rather, are one, zero, two, and one in the last four games, and his receiving yards are six, zero, minus four, and minus four. So that makes me a little bit nervous. But again, with Cam Akers being back and Daryl Henderson being back, yeah, I was just going to say Henderson's
1: back. That, that playing
0: this kind of defense too, I I kind of like it, and it there's good value on it too.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's just about getting the right one. I'll have different mixtures from DFS perspective for single game parlays. I, yeah. I wouldn't really suggest that. There's definitely uh, a lot more better things to take unless you can yeah. really nail it or you have an edge.
0: I'll probably make a, a several uh, single game parlays here. So I'll, I'll probably have that in one of them. Um, but so you make like well, four okay. last night. So, yes. And. <laughs> All right, moving on to the actual receivers here for the Rams. We have our star, the baby, Cooper Cup. His receiving prop is sitting at 105 and a half. It's minus 115, and he is sitting at eight and a eight and a half receptions at plus one hundred.
1: It's crazy. He's he's just really balling. He's just on some kind of uh con- psychic level right now with this yeah. Matt Stafford. He broke the record for most 100-yard receiving uh, games in a season. He broke Michael Irvin's record. He just constantly so, kills it.
0: Let me ask you this. One thing that we didn't really talk about during the regular season, is getting a little off topic here, but did he get that in 16 games, 17 games? Do you know how many games he got that in?
1: Uh, he broke the record in the last week of the season, the 18th game. Okay, but-
0: so isn't it – how are we going to compare records here moving forward? Now there's an extra game in the season. Isn't it kind of unfair?
1: It is and it isn't because it's not his fault that they made more games. I'm not-
0: no, I know, I know. But I just almost feel like it's kind of skewed now. Um with how we're gonna talk about players moving forward because there is that extra game. But regardless, that's that's a conversation. You just don't day. want
1: Tom Brady's records to be broken.
0: No, no, no. All right. OBJ's receiving uh yards line here is at 62 and a half at minus 115. And his receptions is at five and a half at again plus even money plus 100 And Jefferson is at 30 and a half. For his receiving yards at minus one fifteen and two and a half receptions at plus one twenty five. If you don't mind, I'd rather start with Jefferson here because he. <laughs> Want to pour the salt? <laughs> yeah, you have a little beef with him here from your last uh, uh, game, but Jefferson was killing it late in the season. I mean, him and Stafford were like connecting, especially after that Robert Woods injury. Before OBJ was able to learn the playbook, I mean. Stafford and Jefferson were so in the money together and then I don't know what in the world happened last week there were some I I wasn't sure if it was on Jefferson if it was on Stafford if it was a connection both ways but for whatever reason they were not connecting at all and there were some really really ugly throws
1: I'm gonna defend myself here and explain something about it (laughs) There were were very few players last week on the slate from a DFS perspective that were questionable, so people were afraid to play them, going to run 90% of routes and have under 10% ownership for such a small price tag. So if that's the scenario and you're on the Rams and having Matthew Stafford throw you the ball, yes, the results weren't great, but I'll sign up for that every week. And like a sick, sick individual, I will play Van Jefferson once again this week but no for because there's not a lot of uh, cheap price guys that's the problem with this slate everything's concentrated as far as the van jefferson prop i don't know if you have mentioned this already cuz i was getting very angry about what happened with him like <laughs> in my head but Are you i talk do about like his longest reception yes
0: yes i didn't mention that yet but that was coming that's at 18 and a half minus 110 ah.
1: I liked it hit better it. at 17 and a half, but he could get it in but one reception. So
0: he hit that at 12 times in the regular season of an 18 and a half, which I took um, 19 plus when I was looking at numbers, he yeah. only hit it once in the postseason, But again, I, I want to emphasize the value here on what he was able to do in the regular season. I just want to, throw away these you know last two games because I think that he hit that in the first game I'm not 100% sure but in the first game postseason and then he was injured in that second game and then the last game he... he was in and out whatever yeah I was so, tilting. We'll just... I
1: saw that he wasn't gonna come back after halftime and I was like no <laughs> <laughs> it was awful but, yeah, but he's
0: the deep. He is that deep threat. And Stafford loves airing it out. Like, it, it, he does course. not do it often through the game, but when he airs it out, it's either going to Van Jefferson or Cooper Cup. Now, OBJ's kind of gotten into that role a little bit more, but Van Jefferson was that guy all season long, that deep threat that you can get, you know, a 50, 60 yard reception in one play.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like Van Jefferson has scored a lot of touchdowns at home, which we haven't mentioned yet, that the Rams are at home for this Super Bowl. So that's a huge advantage as well. And as far as, you know, from a gambling perspective, if you're going to put, you know, in roulette, if you're going to stick with red, you have to keep riding it. If I don't play Van Jefferson this week and he pops off, I'm going to feel like an idiot. I've rode with this guy for like (laughs) a month and he hasn't hit. But the math says he should, so... I'm going to stick with it. Do you um, want to hear
0: some of his longest receptions here? I have them pulled up. It, it's it's honestly a little ridiculous.
1: Go ahead. This, I, I want to know my – Very upset about this. All right. We'll like,
0: start from the beginning yeah. of the season and go all the way down. 24, 35, 52, 79, 33, 68, 22, 67, yeah. and – in the postseason six, eighteen, and forty-one. And I actually went backwards there. Sorry. That was from the end of the season back to the beginning, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, um, it, doesn't matter. it it's just the numbers are wild. He it he is the deep threat on this team. Do you Assuming know why that's that him and Stafford can be on the same level.
1: You know why that's so good on like a Gabe Davis level? If he hits mm-hmm. and he does score, um, like that 79 yard touchdown, everybody's gonna have cup and obj or cup and van jefferson let's say he gets all the points because he's scoring you know 79 yards he holds the ball and then the drive ends fast nobody else in the rams has the ball so if they're more popular he's just such a great play because you know there's going to be people out there that are that what have you done for me lately people that hate this guy (laughs) there's yeah he really messed up a lot of my lineups last week i'd be a lot richer right now if it wasn't for him but I digress. Whatever. It is what it is. Do you have anything else to say about Van Jefferson? I, I don't think he's great in uh the receptions market. I would probably take the under on him, but I, I'm, I'm not going to bet it. But, you know, under three receptions. I do like his longest reception, though. You know, it could be just one play. That's all it takes because I feel like the majority of things are going to go to cup and OBJ. That's where the ball is going to go.
0: Yeah, no, I like that, too. And I... I do wonder though, and I, I didn't have a chance to look this up. I might do it while, while you're talking here shortly, but there is some interesting on a pro football reference. You can look up in the advanced stats. You can actually see um, how many times the player has forced an interception based on, you know, the catch they were supposed to make. And I'm curious because, you know, he's usually getting these deep shot balls and I'm curious how many times Stafford has thrown to him and it ended up being a pick and whether they're going to be a little bit more conservative in this game or if they're just going to let Stafford air it out again.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I would look into that. I mean, Van Jefferson, he finally got a full practice in. I know he didn't even barely practice last week, so I'm glad the two weeks helped him with that. As far as OBJ goes, someone asked me this earlier. A sub. They said some people have told me that they think OBJ scores a touchdown. Some people think... He He has a bad game. My response was, are they Giant fans? They want to see him not succeed. What's your take on that? Do you think that he gets the anytime touchdown, OBJ?
0: I like him for an anytime touchdown. I think this game is a lot trickier on both sides of the ball here for anytime touchdown scores, especially since we lean towards an under. So I don't know if I'm going to get to the window on that. But no, I do like him. I, I like all these guys. That's why I'm also a little. I might like, you know, throw one into each. I might make three. Yeah, th- make three parlays and throw one into each. Um, but and now it's hard. It's hard. I I could see it.
1: Yeah, I know he's been. Tar- I don't have a strong lean. Yeah, four out of six games in the red zone, he's been targeted, and I feel like OBJ is. He's just been waiting for. Whatever you want about him off the field, his time in New York, his time in Cleveland, I just feel like he has been waiting for this moment his whole life. Like, he's a superstar player in the Super Bowl, and he hit that rock bottom. I feel like he is going to score a touchdown in this game, Um, one of the touchdowns, because, you know, this is why they brought him here to L.A. I feel like the Rams win, and McVeigh is a player's coach, and he gets the ball in his players' hands, and he wants to reward him. For coming to the Rams and choosing them over the Saints and New England and whoever else was trying to bid for his services.
0: Now, I agree with you there. And I actually looked it up while you were talking. And it's really funny because Van Jefferson only had one pass that was intercepted when targeted. And OBJ has one, two, three in the regular season, none in the postseason, but three passes in the regular season that went for interceptions.
1: That's also another factor. This has nothing to do with gambling or anything that people, my brain just went left. (laughs) A lot of people are, you know, uh, underrating in this game. Stafford had to come from Detroit. He's 34 years old, move his wife and his family across country, learn a brand new playbook. Robert Woods goes down. They get OBJ. He has to be thrown in there. They are people are kind of underrating how like uh, amazing of a story that is. That doesn't really happen every day. He did that within one year learn a brand new system. That's why there might be some interceptions with OBJ. He was just kind of thrown out there. And mm-hmm. another thing that I wanted to point out is we've seen OBJ throw the ball this season. I wouldn't be surprised. And this might be a good long shot prop bet that if we have some, you know, Johnny Hecker, the punters thrown this uh in previous playoffs before I would take that if that's available over 2.5 pass throwers in a game. What do you think yeah, about that? Yeah, there's
0: there's also um similar props to that available on DraftKings. I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but it was I think it might even have been um a I built parlay already where it was like um Joe Burrow and Stafford to record one reception or something like that or, or one passing yard or, or rather one receiving yard or something along those lines so it's similar to what you were talking about and it had good value but yeah I, I do think we'll see some trick plays here exactly. from both sides but
1: I'm to have fun with it too like you want to you want to have fun you know yeah but anyway yeah as far as OBJ I, I like you know uh, anytime touchdown what do you think about his receiving yards or receptions or anything along those lines
0: At five and a half receptions, I I wish it was at four and a half because I would take it at five. I don't know how I feel about it at five and a half. I I don't necessarily know that I like 62 and a half yards because, again, I think that the Rams are going to have the lead. They're going to lean more so on the run. And if you're taking, you know, even Cup and OBJ alone, that's like, what, 170 yards out of Stafford's 280 Right. So, eh, I I don't know. And if anything, again, I would lean towards the under for Stafford's passing yards, which is why I don't know if I like it that high.
1: What do you think about Cooper Cup to win MVP?
0: He isn't he the most? I mean, I don't know. He, Stafford or uh, Burrow might be higher than him, or Staff, it's probably Stafford Burrow Cup. Yeah. I would assume is the order. That's correct. Odds, but. I mean, I hope it's – listen, this is not this is not a jab at Cooper Cup. He's been amazing. But I hope that it's not him for curiosity purposes, I guess, for keeping it interesting. I, I kind of want it to be more like an Aaron Donald or like a Jalen Ramsey, and I want this game to, again, go under and be a defensive showdown here for the Rams to, you know – show because a lot of talk this season too has been about the fact that the Rams defense is not what it was last season and
1: yeah they lost your your boy to the Chargers
0: I know but I feel like this is their opportunity to show that hey we still have our excuse my French we have our shit in check here and we are able to do exactly what we did last year and we're gonna win the Super Bowl by playing good defense because the best offense is good defense.
1: <laughs> All right, Coach Pash. <laughs> <laughs> as far like th- a Bill
0: Belichick thing to say.
1: <laughs> uh, it, it, it is true. That was good. As far as Cooper Cup goes, I know that the books are going to be rooting against him. I'm sure his prop bets and single game parlays are gonna be very, very bet on. And I kind of struggle with are you things about like Cooper that. Pop? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I can't fade him. It, it, there's really no way in my mind that this guy does not go off. He is unbelievable. He's had over a hundred yards in like 16 out of 20 games this year or something along those lines, maybe 18 out of 20. I put my notebook to the side, but um, you know, he definitely, you know, there's a world where Cooper cup might not score a touchdown, but he gets over his yards. We don't know how, you know, there's a lot of variance in football so that's why yeah. they play that play the game as far as um other props that i saw points bet if you're looking to bet on cooper cup things definitely go over to their book they have really good lines for him i saw that uh six to eight receptions was plus 120 so that was that was really good he just has to pull within that range but for him to win mvp i know a lot of people are betting on it it's kind of difficult for him to win mvp because stafford has to get him the ball so unless he like fumbles or something along those lines and throws a lot of picks. I don't really see how he can win the MVP unless he gets like what, 200 yards and multiple touchdowns yeah, would kind of be weird. You know, it's kind of weird too. I haven't heard on many shows about Stafford winning MVP, even though he's the favorite. No one's really mentioned him. They, They have said everyone else, but him.
0: Yeah. Because I think Stafford, one of the reasons that I feel like Stafford probably won't, win MVP is just because of the fact that he's probably going to throw one or two interceptions. Dare I say he throws a pick six in the Super Bowl? Hopefully not. But I, I feel like he's going to have, you know, some ugly throws. And and, and that's what's going to let the Bengals capitalize here. I think that's how this could stay a close game is if, you know, Matt Stafford plays the way Matt Stafford's been playing. This is not a knock on him. It's just it, it is what it is. It's what it is. <laughs> Um, did we talk about Cooper Cup's longest reception? That was my last player here on the list. No, he did not. So, his longest receptions at 28 and a half at minus 135. This is like ridiculous. Here, guess how many total games so, uh, between regular season and postseason that he's hit that 29
1: plus? 29 plus. Uh, let's go 15.
0: Did you look this up?
1: No, I, I swear. Believe.
0: There's no way that you hit this twice in this podcast. All right, yes, it is 15 times, and he's hit that. Uh, and <laughs> stop it. He's hit that in two out of three games in the postseason. So I like that because that's probably the best line that you're gonna find here for some value on Cooper Cup. Because again, everything else is just. Uh, I mean if he's going to get 100 yards he's probably going to get 106 so you can take that i i don't know how i feel about nine receptions here um
1: i know I the think- last time he played against them and things are a lot different now cuz they have Mike Hilton on him now but he had over 200 yards versus the, the Bengals in 2018 so. wow
0: um also you can almost hedge your bets there with uh the points bet because realistically speaking there's no way that Cooper Cup's going to get less than six catches unless he gets hurt you can,
1: god forbid you, let's
0: not let's not even talk about that so <laughs> assuming that he does get at least six catches you can go to points bet and get that at what What did you say plus 120 yeah and if you go over eight you can take him over eight and a half at plus 100
1: <laughs> look at you arbitraging or whatever the word is <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, I don't really like the eight and a half, but six to eight kind of makes me nervous. That window is a little small.
1: <laughs> no, of course. Cooper Cup is is one of the best players in the NFL. I It's going to be hard to imagine him not scoring a touchdown. He in this got, game. Did
0: he get offensive player of the year? Is that correct?
1: Uh, yes, he did. He beat Jonathan Taylor last night.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the way the Colts kind of closed out the season basically
1: secured that. Before we move on to tight ends, the reason why the Rams are here is the hardest working people on the team are their best players. Cooper Cup, Stafford, they had breakfast every every morning together, and they were going over yes, plays. I that. Aaron Donald is one of the best three defensive players of all time. Ray Lewis, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, guys like that, and they lost Jalen Ramsey. These are hardworking, great players. That, are, that were humbled last time that they played that's that's why i'm on the side of the rams no disrespect to the Bengals, what they've done is excellent you know but that's they're how like i feel the about new about cool kids on
0: the yeah they're the new cool kids on the block and it's an it's like a new shiny toy for like a kid to play with and everyone's really excited for the Bengals. but at the same time people forget about how ready the rams are for this you know they're well, far and away the better team here
1: yeah, I mean Burrow's excellent. People have seen him win the national championship and people have lost money on betting against him the past two weeks. He's a rare public underdog in the Super Bowl. I've never really seen this in my, you know, years covering this. So that's that. Let's move on to tight ends. Kendall Blanton or Tyler Higbee. I believe Higbee has not practiced uh, the past few days. Blanton surprisingly has been involved. I didn't know too much about him and Uh, You know, I know a lot about a lot of different people in the NFL, but he had like five receptions. They drew up a crazy flea flicker for him. So where are you at with the tight ends on the Rams?
0: I don't think I'm going. I'm not going to tight end for anything. I honestly, I didn't even look at their uh, props because it just wasn't interested. Not again, Cedric Zoma's stuff is not even on there because he's still questionable and might not play. And I honestly didn't see anything for Higby, And I didn't see anything for the other tight end either. Maybe I just uh, kind of glanced over it, but I just don't think that there's that much value here. I would rather go to the guys who the offense is concentrated around. It's different for you for DFS because you are looking for that value play. But for me, I'm going to go to the guys who the offense is concentrated around, which in my opinion is not going to be there. Well, I will say there was value on CJ Zoma a couple weeks ago. Um, and and I, I had, I'd bet on him and I got there, but, um, I don't think that there's value for me from a player prop perspective for any of the tight ends going
1: into, yeah, no, it's definitely something that I'm going to be paying attention to from a DFS side. And I totally understand from a betting perspective, it's difficult because we don't know exactly how healthy Higby is. But I think from a DFS perspective, Blanton is very interesting because he's a little more expensive than Sonny Michael. And he's a little more expensive than Van Jefferson. They did a annoyingly good job on their side by pricing Higby and Blanton as the same price. So for me, I feel like people, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday. A lot of casual people are going to enter lineups early or Saturday or Sunday morning and then go to their party and. They may get a little, you know, tipsy along those lines. They're not going to be glued to their phone like me like a, a weirdo trying to see who's in active and active on the Super Bowl. So, you know, let's say Higby is questionable and then he gets ruled out. I feel like Blanton might get underowned and people don't even know who he is, really. And, you know, he, he's played really well. He's he's a big target. He could definitely score a touchdown and it gives you a way to be unique, which is hard. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to have him in 100% of lineups, but I'll have him in a few. Like if you play a, a Stafford on FanDuel with Cooper Cup and Blanton, it's it's a way to get unique because a lot of people won't be playing that as their stack.
0: Yeah, and from what I'm seeing right now, it does not look like he is trending towards playing. I mean, as he said, that he he has yeah, no practice as of yesterday.
1: Yeah, he's doubtful. I, I don't think he's gonna play. So I don't I think that's like a, a bit of tidbit of news because a lot of people don't know this. Like I keep uh, reiterating it. The Bengals linebackers are not good. They're like 28th versus the tight end. It's the same reason why in our divisional show, I was high on Waller. Now he got there late. He went over his yards on like one of the few last plays, which was frustrating, but he still did it. Um, the difference between Higby to me and Blanton is really not that much. You know, it's just Stafford has uh, a, an affinity to go to his large tight ends. These are huge guys. Blanton's like six foot six.
0: So uh, I was just reading also that the fact that he hasn't practiced at all has people speculating that he has a grade two MCL sprain, which apparently takes closer to three to four weeks to heal. And right. so that would probably mean he's not going to play.
1: Right. I mean, we don't know because they could say whatever they want. gangsmanship, right. It's the Super Bowl. We have no right. idea. Definitely follow Secret that. Saves
0: everything. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely follow that. I'm old enough to remember Sean McVay uh, saying that Todd Gurley will get a full workload in the Super Bowl, and he did not. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, see what happens.
0: Any other player props or just interesting things that you've seen? Are you going to be betting on the Gatorade color?
1: <laughs> I had the inside tip on that. I shouldn't give that away two years ago, but uh, that's only in certain books. I don't even think... That it's on like DraftKings or I thought it's on DraftKings. But I, I don't believe it's on FanDuel. Um it's no my I'm
0: friends not... texted me to yeah. Bet Blue. <laughs>
1: I'm just I'm just a non fun Capricorn. I'm I'm not really into those type of bets. Like I'm I'm not the life of the party. I'm more into like regular things, but you know, if I was possibly maybe Sunday I'll throw something on it. Who knows how I feel when I wake up that day. You never know.
0: Sounds like a plan. I mean, we really, really dived into probably anything that you need to know Super Bowl-wise and everything that you don't need to know, too, with our opinions, which, you know, are great. And <laughs> I think that, you know, we gave people a lot of information for everything that they would need to know to make some good bets and make some good lineups for this weekend. Any final thoughts before we wrap things up?
1: Two things. One, thank you, everyone you know, listening to us for following this whole year. And uh, stay tuned for that. And then just make sound decisions. You know, don't over, you know, you don't want to wake up on Monday and be like, why did I blow all my money on this? Like, if if you're on the wrong side in certain things, but hopefully we educated you and you had fun and learned in the process. Yeah. My last question to you is on your screen, you could pull up futures bets for the super bowl i'm not suggesting anyone for 2023 bets who they think is going to win the super bowl and have them hold your money for over a year my question to you is who do you think has the best odds to win the super bowl next year
0: who that's a hard one um who has the bet? wait who has the best odds or who do i like the best
1: either or however you interpret the question i left it open-ended for you
0: i'm gonna guess maybe the rams
1: Oh I well yeah that's possible. I mean we have to see what are their odds. Cuz they're going to get
0: every, I I feel like they're getting everyone back next year. I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think they have any big free agent. I only started listening a little bit to uh some of the news for the offseason. season, but um I would I would guess, you know, the Chiefs, the Rams.
1: Yeah, they're up there, the Bills are up there.
0: I just oh, yeah, the more, Bills, more yeah.
1: like your personal opinion. Like who do you who would you Bet on right now. Let's say gun to your head, Dr.
0: For for good value or for actually winning.
1: However, you interpret the question.
0: I want my chargers to do something. <laughs> I said old habits die hard. And that's exactly what we saw happen at the end of the regular season this year. That the Chargers are finally rocking and rolling. Brandon <laughs> Staley was doing all the things that he was supposed to do. And then old habits came back around, and the Chargers did Chargers things. With that Chargers going to charge. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, make it make sense. That That's my model for the weekend. Make it make sense. Whether you're going to be choosing Super Bowl players or odds for next season or whether you're going to be building your DFS lineups or your single-game parlays, just make it make sense and have a story that you're trying to tell. Because that's one thing that I feel like sometimes when I've lost my single game parlays, I go back and I'm like, what, what was I trying to do here? What was I trying to build? Like I I was just taking overs on everything and nothing made sense, even though I thought this was going to be an under game. So again, make it make sense.
1: And one thing that I've learned this past year is if you're on one side, you don't have to take players from both sides. So for example, a lot of people that I know, they had over, Let's take the Chiefs-Bills game, for example. They had over on Dig stuff with the Chiefs winning, and and they lost on that. So kind of stick to one side unless you have a strong take on something. That would be my best suggestion for people.
0: Whatever side that
1: you're on, you know?
0: All right. Well, hopefully your Super Bowl weekend is filled with lots of pizza and wings and delicious foods, and hopefully you can cash out Bring some money home and we will see you this off season again, covering all things, free agency, big moves, and we're looking forward to talking more in a couple weeks.
1: One last thing, Jess, let's go Rams. Yes. <laughs> all right. Peace guys. Have a good weekend.